Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the PR Week podcast, Beyond the Noise. My name is Frankie Oliver, your host and founder of New Society. And today I'm joined by PR Week Editor-in-Chief, Danny Rogers. Hi, Frankie. Yeah, I'm joining you from uh, actually quite near Heathrow today. So uh, Very apt. Well, topically, the um, temperature has hit 40 degrees here today which will become uh, very relevant to the conversation we have later regarding Heathrow. Yes, and leading on to the introduction of our really special guest, Carrie Harris, who's the Director of Sustainability at BA. Carrie, hello. Hi. Uh, yeah, what, what a day to join you on a record-breaking temperature. Hi. <laughs> Honestly, we're really delighted to have you with us. So thank you so much for making making the time, especially on the day when we know that you've been to Farnborough Air Show, which must have been quite something today. So as Danny's just said, you know, this is quite the day to, to have a conversation about BA sustainability strategy. Um, you know, we've just hit over 40 degrees, the hottest day on record in the UK. Temperatures that we know um, have definitely been exacerbated um, by climate change and are potentially going to get worse um, down the line. Um, we've always had schools closing. It's clear that our country has been really under pressure in terms of, you know, buildings and railways and our NHS really kind of struggling to cope. Um, and I'm sure that you need, you all agree, Carrie, that, you know, we need really progressive action from both the government and, and the private sector to urgently really kind of step up and accelerate this rapid decarbonisation of greenhouse gases um, and uh, our use of fossil fuels. And as we all know, flying obviously sits at the centre of that. And we know that BA is leading a huge amount of transformational innovation, working hard to collaborate with your colleagues across the industry um, and really needing also the support of government to deliver strong policies and incentives to make sure that the industry can get to net zero. Um, so we're dying to dig into all of that. But before we get there, I think it's just so great to hear a little bit about your career and, and how you've got here today. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, genuinely, I feel like I'm in my uh, kind of dream job, uh, literally. Yeah. Um, you know, having worked 25 years in aviation sustainability in various roles and kind of studied environmental science back in the day, I think there was only two courses in the country at the time that uh, kind of delved into environmental science and were considering climate change at the time. In summary, then, you know, how I ended up in this particular role, I, you know, worked um, in Heathrow Airport as a sustainability manager, covering all sorts of things from environmental compliance. So I was kind of out on the airfield looking at pollution control. Then I moved into NAT's um, air traffic management and was there for uh, about nine years um, as head of ATM environment. And that was fascinating where I was working really closely with air traffic controllers and pilots to look at the operational efficiency of airspace design and actually how pilots fly aircraft and how they could do that more efficiently. And then I moved to IAG, which is the parent company of British Airways. And I was there for five years where it was very exciting. And we launched um, the 
first airline strategy to net zero in 2019 was the launch of the IAG flight path net zero strategy. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, I moved over to BA um, in this role, which, um, as I said, is literally my dream job. So I feel very honoured and excited to be here. And and also, it feels like a really pivotal moment for aviation with the m- momentum now really building behind sustainability. I'm sure, Carrie, I mean, starting out on that, that degree 25 years ago and finding yourself at this position, I can see how that is absolutely your dream moment. I think it would be great for us to understand a bit more about your sustainability strategy. I mean, you know, trying to get our heads around sustainable aviation fuel and when we'll all be in the air on, you know, on net zero flights. It would be great if you could just paint a bit of a picture for us about your journey to get to that and, and kind of what, what can people expect and when can they get onto those sorts of flights and, and know that they're on a net zero flight? Yeah, sure. So um, I suppose where we're at with the BA strategy now is um, coming up for a year ago, it was last September that we launched a kind of refocus and reinvigoration of BA's focus on sustainability with BA Better World. Um, And that strategy really covers a very broad definition of sustainability covering people, planet and responsible business. And as you said, Frankie, we've set in place a very kind of aspirational business transformation program to underpin all of that with uh, strong goals in each of those areas. Um, So if I just touch on those briefly, um, for the people areas, it covers uh, diversity, inclusion and well-being within the people working in BA. And we've been very clear, you know, people centricity is absolutely the heart. We have to have our people with us on this journey. And it's been really encouraging over the last year to see when, you know, we've announced new targets on gender and ethnic diversity. We've put in new programs around kind of well-being financial, you know, um, physical well-being, mental well-being um, across the business. And the response to that has just been so positive. So it's great to see that kind of cultural shift and the receptiveness to building in sustainability to what we do in the business. On the planet side, um, as you'd expect, you know, the climate element is a big focus, but it's also about um, operational best practice, Um, environmental compliance and pollution control and kind of managing resources, minimizing waste in our operations and kind of applying circular economy principles throughout our supply chain. And then on the responsible business side, we're there looking at how we engage with our customers on sustainability right from the very start of the booking process through their journey um, through the airport and on board the aircraft and beyond into their experience on holiday. And also um, looking at how we can improve our uh, support to the communities where we operate. So, for example, we launched our new community investment fund earlier this year, which is you know, a real kind of landmark element of Be A Better World that supports all the other community work that we do, for example, with Flying Start um, and Comic Relief. So that's the, the program in general. And I think your question was more specifically about the kind of net zero element of that. So within Planet, the net zero challenge is, you know, undoubtedly the biggest challenge facing aviation at the moment. Um, and we have published a roadmap in how we're going to get there. And broadly, um, summary, summary is that through investment in technology, Uh, more efficient aircraft and new generation aircraft, including things like hydrogen, 
um, that will deliver about 30% of the emissions reductions that we need by 2050. A further 30% will come from sustainable aviation fuel, which is fuel that can be made from multiple different sources, from waste products, um, woods, ethanol and alcohol can be converted into something that is essentially chemically identical to jet fuel um, and can be used in aircraft as they are today, so without any need um, for tran transition to new aircraft types. And that, again, will fulfill about a third of our pathway to net zero. And then the final element will come from carbon removals, um, and that could be anything from nature-based removals like um, regenerating peatlands or uh, afforestation um, or even kind of blue carbon seaweeds solutions right through to kind of technological uh, carbon removals and direct air capture. So that's our, our pathway and we're pursuing all of those options now. So we've got some that can be delivered in the short, medium and long term, but basically we're in action now to make sure that all of these things are, are in plan. Carrie, that is one big plan. Yeah, um, it, is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really is. Um, with, you know, it's very clear what that strategy is. And, you know, you're so dependent on technology really delivering for you on, on that strategy, aren't you? I mean, what, what's been some of your, I suppose, the best breakthroughs for you, but also some of the challenges? Um, I suppose the best breakthrough, so, you know, the, the teams in BA and IAG, our parent company, have been working on sustainable aviation fuel for over a decade now. Um, trying to bring this kind of concept into reality. And I suppose the big breakthrough moment was earlier this year in March, where in British Airways, we secured the first ever UK supply of sustainable aviation fuel coming from the Philips 66 plant um, up in Humberside. So that basically takes waste cooking oil and processes that um, at the plant in Humberside and comes through the pipeline into our supply. So now routine daily operations at Heathrow for British Airways flights out of Heathrow are all flying off with a small mix of sustainable aviation fuel. So that's you know, genuinely a breakthrough. Fantastic. Our challenge now is to get that up to meet our target of uh, trying to achieve 10% sustainable aviation fuel by 2030. Um, and then the other kind of landmark moment, I guess, is on our um, investment in Zero Avio, which is kind of longer term time frame, but looking at the opportunities for hydrogen electric propulsion and ultimately uh, liquid hydrogen propulsion in the long distance future. Um, and I think we're seeing more and more investment in that and the opportunities uh, for that moving more towards reality uh, with some of the test flights already taking place. Gary, um, this is obviously a podcast for PR professionals. And um, as I understand it, you're Director of Sustainability and you sit within the corporate affairs and communications function. How does that work in reality at BA? Is it an advantage to work with um, other communications functions? Does it enable you to be more creative in your communication of sustainability or is it, are there sometimes tensions in that, in that relationship? No, we work incredibly closely um, to the extent that we kind of have dotted lines between the team's reporting lines of so people kind of fulfilling functions across the team. So as you said, the, the directorate uh, we're in with sustainability also covers internal and external PR, social media and government affairs. 
And I usually describe this uh, within my team and to the people I'm talking to about this. I usually say basically being part of the communications function is a superpower for sustainability professionals. Um, in my career, which I've said is quite long, I have kind of had experience of sitting in various functions across businesses, uh, whether that's the strategy team, uh, operations team, customer team uh, in different organizations. And by far the most successful in, in all cases and true for now as well is sitting with the communications teams. And I think that's because, you know, in the end, sustainability is about kind of changing culture and behaviors. And the best way to do that is by building awareness um, and, you know, helping people understand the opportunities and the options that are available to get involved. So I feel like we're, you know, definitely in the best place and being, you know, some of the examples of how we can work together. So we're able to use multiple channels um, to talk about sustainability, um, as I said, both internally and externally. But then, for example, we've held uh, media events. So last December, we had a, a big media event in London with uh, a lot of kind of mainstream journalists um, came along to that. And that was about, you know, telling the story of Be A Better World and trying to kind of educate and build awareness about some of the basics on sustainable aviation fuel, but the vision for the future. Um, with public affairs, we've done the same. We've held an MP event and um, had an event with the aviation minister in Parliament earlier this year with the same purpose. Um, we're working really closely with our uh, kind of customer and marketing teams, again, to build that storytelling into the customer journey throughout. So it all comes back to comms, you know, whether it's investors, um, our own people internally, um, government affairs, social media, we're able to use all of these different channels to tell consistently the story of Be A Better World and try and engage people in that. Great. Um, when it comes to public affairs, obviously that's about communicating to legislators what BA is doing and what it's achieving. Is it to some extent lobbying for change in government approaches or lobbying for change in regulation? Yeah, to, to a certain extent it is. So, for example, on the sustainable aviation fuels front, you know, we, we have been working really closely with government through the Jet Zero Council. But there's an element of, kind of, you know, making really clear requests of government about the policies that would be helpful to for us to reach our net zero vision. Um, and oftentimes, you know, th these are kind of consistent views between government, between industry. Um, but sometimes they're not. And, and so, you know, a great example is just now on sustainable aviation. And actually just today, uh, the government have announced their uh, new jet zero strategy, which is how the government sees the vision to reach net zero by 2050. And, you know, many of the elements within that um, are consistent with what we've been asking for in terms of policy support. Um, and a great example being the um, support for the sustainable aviation fuel mandate of 10%. Uh, fuel by 2030, which is great. Carrie, you are speaking to the converted. It is absolutely wonderful to hear about the integration of sustainability and communications. I think, you know, a lot of companies have struggled with sustainability sitting in a silo at times. 
So I think, you know, the fact that you say it's a superpower is absolutely right and, and really transformative across all of your channels. Thinking about your customers, I'm really fascinated about that journey that you're taking people on. I think you said something about from the check-in desk all the way through to when they get on holiday. Could you tell us a bit about that and, and, and what, how are these messages translating? Yeah, I mean, we launched Be Beth. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Well, as I said, back in September last year and since then, we've been working with all the customer teams and the communications teams on how we can embed that narrative throughout the journey. So right from the point of booking, we're now giving customers kind of feedback. So once they get their confirmation booking in the Manage My Booking portal, there's options there for customers on how, for example, they can um, offset their emissions from their flight even before they fly. So before, during or after they fly, essentially. And there's information in the Manage My Booking um, confirmation email that customers are receiving. Then um, we're doing kind of articles in our uh, onboard uh, High Life magazine. So we have kind of every month now um, a different feature on sustainability in our onboard magazine, and that also goes electronically. Uh, we have our kind of executive club members. So I think there was, a, uh, you know, the mailing list with that's you know, over 3 million people. And we have regular sustainability updates and information going out to, to those um, executive club members as well. And then when it comes to actually flying um, and the journey through the airport, um, increasingly we're kind of weaving this in as well. So in the lounges, we've got various display materials um, talking about the BA Better World programme and bringing to life some examples of what I've described, you know, our investment in sustainable aviation fuel or the plant-based menu options in the lounges. Um, we're kind of signposting the fact that we're encouraging people to you know, bring their own water bottles and, you know, our shift away from uh, single-use plastics uh, to glass in the lounges. So really at every opportunity, just trying to weave that in. And then we have gate announcements now um, that is kind of signposting the fact that all our UK domestic flights um, have had their emissions for those offset since 2020. And many customers weren't previously aware of that. So our gate announcements and onboard announcements are now kind of signposting that for customers so that they understand that that's the case for UK flights, but also if they want to offset the flights on board, then there's also different options on board. So in the Speedbird Cafe menu for European short haul, um, you know, customers can now see right next to their choice of a coffee, they can choose to contribute to carbon offsets on board. Um, or through the Wi-Fi, they can select our carbon offsets and sustainable aviation fuel option to help mitigate the impact of their flight. So we're just trying to weave it all the way through. But again, you know, it comes back to communications to customers is really key. And, you know, we've seen actually that we put on board um, some of the videos that you mentioned earlier, Frankie. Um, yeah. The BA Better World videos, those are available on board as well. And people are you know, spending time when they've got downtime. Maybe they're thinking about the impact of flying when they're on the aircraft and they are viewing these films, which is great. So 
What's really interesting, I mean, I think that's phenomenal, a really end-to-end strategy you can hear from beginning uh, all the way through to flight and on the other side, which sounds phenomenal. I suppose lots of people just haven't been flying to hear all of those messages potentially. So as I think what this Friday is expected to be what the biggest getaway ever since the, since COVID, that potentially those messages will be landing more for you. Yeah, I hope so. And that's what just what we're trying to do is just roll that out further. Think about, you know, different ways to grab people's attention and how to engage them in the story. And I, I think, you know, when hopefully what, what we'll start to see flow through is, you know, different aspects of whether it's the water bottles, you know, removal of single use plastics, whether it's plant-based menu options in the lounges or something on board that, you know, for different people, it might be something completely different. But hopefully for those who are alert to it, it'll start to all hang together and they'll really start to feel this and see how genuine we are about the commitment that we're making to this. It sounds like a a whole playground for learning about behaviour change, really, doesn't it, with, you know, that whole journey. It would be wonderful, I think, to find a way that you can start to share those learnings back, not not just with the airline industry, but also everybody else that's probably working across every sector from plastics to food to et cetera. Do you think there's a, is there a way of doing that? Yeah, we're definitely trying to kind of track uh, data, get insights into, you know, which of the channels are more popular for offsetting. For example, we're, we're given multiple different choices on whether it's just carbon offsets or offsets with sustainable aviation fuel, um, whether it's an option in the booking flow or something on board. So we're really testing different options to see what is, you know, most accessible. And because we want maximum participation, maximum understanding of options for how customers can help mitigate the impact of flying and help them understand what we're doing as well. So I think it's kind of a two-part process. It's showcasing what British Airways is doing, how we're investing in the future of low-carbon flight, but also helping our passengers understand what they can do. You know, maybe they can pack lighter and what benefit will that have if they pack, you know, one pair of jeans less, how much fuel will that save? So yeah, it, it works kind of both ways and it, it's, it ties up together. Carrie, obviously we're talking at a very topical time for airlines and, and travel. And as we head into the peak of summer, there's all sorts of chaos being reported at, at airports for various reasons. And of course, we're coming out of a, uh, an awful pandemic, which devastated the travel and particularly the airline sector. Has that financial impact on your business affected your ability to invest in decarbonisation strategies? So I'm delighted to say, no, it hasn't, (laughs) which I I think is incredible and really, you know, a sign of the times. Um, As you said, the COVID has been the single biggest crisis ever to hit aviation and airlines um, to this date. And, uh, you know, hard to see anything that it would be more than that since at one point I think we were flying about 5% of our schedule. But despite that, you know, right through those kind of deepest, darkest days when virtually no flying was happening, that was the very point at which we'd positioned sustainability at the heart of BA's future strategy. So sustainability is now a strategic priority for BA in our business model. Um, we increased the investment in it and we made some significant commitments to 
partners and kind of future technology solutions. So Zero Avia, for example, the hydrogen propulsion um, manufacturer who's looking at hydrogen electric fuel cells, we invested in them um, back in January last year, so right in the heart of the kind of pandemic, and in several sustainable aviation fuel plants during that time. And we've pulled together the strategy and the team that are delivering this. So I think it's very encouraging that, you know, unlike back in 2008, when I was also in aviation working with a different company at the time, but, you know, the whole momentum that I'd built on sustainability and the focus on climate change back in 2008, I'd say was derailed by pretty much 10 years due to the global economic crisis. But thankfully, this time, I think the the awareness, the understanding of the climate crisis, crisis and the need for urgent action um, has got enough traction now that it hasn't been derailed by COVID. And if anything, I think people have realized that actually these you know, major risks to society are happening. And, you know, ag again, a case in point is the temperature that we're experiencing today climate change is here and now and you know it's absolutely fundamental to the future of aviation that we invest in finding a way to operate uh, without with all the wonders of air travel but without the environmental impact and that's what we're trying to do. Well it's very encouraging that um, BA is continuing to invest in, um, in sustainability at a time of uh, economic hardship because it sounds like the, the present government is taking a rather well certain voices within the government are sort of suggesting that um, certain green levies can be dropped because of the cost of living crisis. So um, it's good that at least the private sector continues to invest in sustainability, even though times are hard. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, there's a lot of kind of different different strategies and, and policy thought thinking coming out now. But I think it is really encouraging to see the focus that this government has put on uh, decarbonising the economy as a whole by 2050 with its uh, net zero targets. And today I mentioned earlier, you know, at Farnborough Airport, the government have just launched their new jet zero strategy. And, you know, that really aligns with our vision of net zero for aviation. Um, and it's just really encouraging to see that they're putting investment, so significant funding into sustainable aviation fuels with a new um, advanced fuels fund and an innovation fund for aviation all of which are vital to help us get to that net zero future. So um, I'm, I'm actually really encouraged by the commitment that we're seeing from government, but we do continue to work closely with them and to press for more because we do need kind of more support and, and more policy support to give the kind of environment to attract investors into what is often cutting edge technology. I think it's great to hear that, Carrie. I mean, obviously, we had the Climate Change Committee report, which was um, fairly damning of, of government um, delivery of the net zero strategy so far, but there are so many different parts to that strategy. So it's great to hear that from an aviation perspective, you feel that, that there's real progress being made. That's, that's really great news. Gary, one more question from me. Which sustainability campaign that BA has ever run do you think is the best and the most effective, your favourite uh, sustainability campaign that um, BA has run? So the dual runway takeoff, um, when the skies opened again for flying to New York um, after the pandemic, um, and we did a dual runway takeoff uh, with Virgin Atlantic, we're taking off on uh, the southern runway and BA taking off on the northern runway from Heathrow at the same time. So it was the first time that simultaneous takeoff had happened as they both flew out towards New York. Um, and that was amazing because we were 
able to operate that flight with the highest ever percentage of sustainable aviation fuel on board. Uh, the BA aircraft, so we operated our aircraft with 35% sustainable aviation fuel for that transatlantic flight, which was the highest proportion that could be achieved at that time with certification standards and with that particular fuel type. So that just felt like also just such an opportune moment, um, which again, the kind of PR and the media teams really made the most of. And I think it, it was a great example of sustainability uh, working together with the comms team to kind of amplify the message those planes that took off were full of journalists so that is effective yeah. in, uh, in pr terms carrie thank you so much for taking the time to just really talk us through what you know is just a, a really huge plan and i think can be one that's quite hard for, to, for all of us to get our head around and i think you've, you've really explained that brilliantly to us today and we we really wish you the, the best of luck too in terms of delivering that and making that happen and, and helping us get to, to net zero as fast as we can. So thank you so much. Thank you, Carrie. All the best. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So now it's time to welcome UK editor John Harrington for our exciting segment, Top or Flop? Thanks, Frankie. So I'm going to discuss Flop first of all. So for Flop this week, we've chosen Uber. Um, Uber has suffered a big reputation blow following the release of the so-called Uber files from the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. This involved more than 120,000 leaked documents first reported in The Guardian and the BBC. The files revealed that Uber lobbied government officials uh, and ministers at undeclared meetings in 2014, uh, with top ministers including George Osborne, Savid Javid and Matt Hancock implicated. Another leak revealed that Emmanuel Macron secretly aided Uber in its lobbying in France. I think there's an argument to say that the blame here maybe lies more with the politicians. And I think that's true. The CIPR incidentally responded to the scandal saying lobbying rules should be tightened. And to be fair to Uber, its response distanced itself from any mistakes before its current CEO was hired in 2017 makes sense on one level, a quote from the company said, we have not and will not make excuses for past behavior that is clearly not in line with our present values. Instead, we ask the public to judge us by what we've done over the last five years and what we'll do in the years to come. Nevertheless, there's data to show that the scandal has damaged Uber's reputation. Figures from YouGov showed that Uber's so-called buzz score, which is a measure of how much positive or negative noise people are hearing about a brand, was minus 0.7 in the UK on 10th of July, the day before the news broke. And on the 17th of July, the score fell to minus 11.7. So that's quite a dramatic reduction. So I'd say there's plenty of work uh, for Uber to do now to restore its reputation. So that was Flop. And I'm going to hand over to Danny for the top. Yes. Well, as you guys know, I'm a big tennis fan. And um, my top of the uh, the last couple of weeks is actually Novak Djokovic and although I'm a tennis fan I'm not particularly a big fan of Novak and indeed if we go back to the winter of course he was being deported from Australia and banned from the Australian Open for um, uh, not getting vaccinated and lying about his vaccination statement all, all sorts of things so his reputation was rock bottom at the beginning of this year. But actually, during the Wimbledon Championships a couple of weeks ago, I thought he came across extremely well. Of course, he won the tournament and he communicated brilliantly with, with lots of charm and lots of positivity 
And um, I think he won around a lot of people over to him. I'm not saying he's the most popular tennis player in the world now, but it's a real reputation turnaround. So my top of the last couple of weeks is Novak Djokovic. Great. Thanks, Danny. So that brings us to the end of the show. We hope you enjoyed it and see you next time. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.